Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, it is Sean and Krista coming at you for another episode of Keep It 100. It's your boy Sean joining you. (laughs) Hey, we're so excited for this conversation. We have an incredible guest that Sean has just an incredible conversation with. Uh, But we've been having some really cool things happen lately. Uh, This past October 20th, we had our uh, second to last Momentum Night gathering for 2023. And we have some incredible testimonies. We really went after a night of healing. Sean was in time of prayer and really felt like we were to really put a stake in the ground and believe for a time of healing. And we saw people healed. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, or maybe just listening for the first time, yeah. Kristen and I, we do these once a month gatherings in Oakland, California, and we call it Momentum Nights. It's kind of evolved from our Momentum Conference, which we'll talk to you about later. But it's so awesome to see hundreds upon hundreds of people consist gathering with us. They're coming Reading, they're coming from Sacramento, they're coming from Texas, they're coming from Jersey, they're coming from Arizona. We're getting people coming from all over. But the cool thing about this last one, Kristen, is that we saw saw some significant healings. We really and did. So it's cool. We got this testimony. I just got the testimony day that I called out a word for a heart, a rhythm, a heart murmur. And so a guy responded and uh, he uh, acknowledged that he can get two to eight slip beats a minute in his heart. That's that's a bit concerning. Wow. So it's so cool because we instructed people to lay hands on each other, which we really love that to, to empower believers. And so a lady laid hands on him, was next to him, and we were in a court prayer and prayed over anyone that had any kind of condition. And since that time, he said his email, he has had completely regular heartbeat, healed of heart arrhythmia and, and irregularities in heartbeats. And anytime your, your your heart isn't ticking right, that's a need of concern. So that's a cool miracle. But we saw, we heard a lot of miracles as it relates to that. Didn't, don't you, didn't you hear some too? We really did. And what was so cool is I loved how you led us in a time, baby, of having everyone pray for everyone. Because I think we're really trying to shift that observatory mentality in the church where someone comes to watch someone else move the gifts. We're trying to get the church activated like this is available to everybody. Yeah. So seeing everyone so excited that when you ask like who's just been healed, like majority of the hands went up that had been prayed for. And you, then you saw the excitement of everyone around them that had prayed for them. And you could see that light bulb go on like Jesus is using me this way. Yes. And I think that that is equally exciting as a, of a testimony as the healing is. A couple of really cool testimonies that I received back um, that I just, we're just kind of pulling out a couple. We actually received a lot of testimonies, but this was really cool. Um, a woman came in need of healing of vertigo. And that's, you know, that's brutal if anyone's ever battled vertigo. And she came and I had a word of knowledge because you're just calling it words of knowledge for healing, called out vertigo, prayed for her, laid hands on her. And the whole room like came into agreement for her. It was really beautiful. She said she felt her ear pop open and drain and she didn't have any vertigo. And wow. so that just felt like that's life changing. I mean, that that affects the quality of your life. I mean, Come that was on, so right. She needed healing for vertigo, came in faith. Um, and her daughter's actually willing to share the testimony. Her daughter was so excited because when your family gets healed, right? And people you've been continue for it's so powerful and then another testimony i received was a girl that um she's been coming really consistently the momentum which i love it she lives in the bay area and she's had issues with her hip and she went she got totally healed zero pain and she went back to her chiropractor on tuesday so momentum was on friday night the following tuesday she goes and the chiropractor goes your hip is totally in alignment what happened My she's like goodness. jesus healed me come on so that was really cool she was so excited because she had significant pain um and she was totally completely healed and she was just so excited so 
she even offered to share testimony at our next momentum. And I just thought, yeah, let's have her share. That's like so awesome. Oh yeah. And then there was that girl, even the night of that she got healed of seizures. seizures. That's right. And so that was amazing. I think one of the things was epileptic seizures. One of the words that that came in a way of a word of knowledge. Mm. She immediately got healed and came up, testified. She said, there's a thing that she could feel in her head that lets her know there's that ongoing kind of proneness to seizures. And all of a sudden it just popped and it went away and she just felt total peace. And so she got up testified. And so we're just so excited. And you know, wherever you're at, we, we sometimes just need to be reminded, we serve a healing Jesus. Amen. That the Bible says that the same blood that pardons your iniquities heals all your diseases. Yeah. And so if you believe that Jesus can forgive your sins, you have to believe also that he can heal sickness and disease. And I think as a body of Christ, we just need to believe for more of that. Yeah. Amen. And you know, you're listening today and you're like, I need healing in my body. You just receive that. Lord, we just release over the people 100 tribe and those that are listening. It's not by accident they're listening to this episode. We thank you, Jesus, that you're a healer today, tomorrow. It's who you are. So we just release the healing anointing across the airwaves. That's what I love. Jesus, uh, you just by simply declaring who you are over a person's body, healing comes. And so Jesus, we thank you that bodies are getting healed right now. Pain is leaving. Diseases are fleeing and people are being made whole in the name of Jesus. Yes. Come on. Hey, in January, um, if you've not heard, we are having Momentum 2024. And this is actually our annual conference, January 18th to 20th. You know, we call it a conference, friends. It is not a conference. Keep Wonder Tribe, you know our verbiage. We always say it's not a conference. It truly is an invitation to encounter God. Uh, we've brought, we've invited some powerful friends and we're going to share with who they are, but more than like big names and powerful ministries, we really have invited people that carry a portion and they're going to release, I believe, a of God. They're going to release the word of the Lord and we're going to be never the same. And so I believe this gathering, just like last year, which absolutely blew our minds as we gather, we're going to experience the unprecedented as we were praying as a momentum team, we were seeking the Lord. And uh, one of our people that run with us, she's like, you know, we were talking about themes and she brought to the table because we kind of just this collaborative approach of like, what's God saying? She's like, where we've never been. And we right when we heard it, we're all like, that's it. That's what God's saying. We're contending and we believe God's going to take us to a place in January where we've never been. The unprecedented, the the uncharted territory. And so we're just inviting people to go to the unterrained place with us in the spirit, take risks, go to the new thing. And we're just believe it's an invitation for a massive of God. The glory of the Lord will be in the room. And I believe that is what the Bay's call to carry is to be a glory well of revival here in California for the nations to come. And I believe we're again, that stake in the ground of what God's going to do. So get your ticket. Registration's available. SeanChrisSmith.com. Yes, we have some powerful speakers. Um, Tommy Ariomi. We have Sherman Dumas. We have Jody and Ben Hughes. We have leading worship, Chris Aljuste, our momentum team, music team. They're amazing. And then of course, Matt Gilman, Sean and I are also going to be sharing. Uh, so get in the room. Uh, it really is going to be an unprecedented time. We got people that we believe will bring fire. And as we come in and we bring hunger, that is a combustionative mix. And we believe that it's just going to be incendiary spiritual bombs blowing up everywhere of glory. And so get your tickets now. Go online. As Christian said, register. I think it's going to be awesome. You know, as we move into this episode, it's very interesting that we need to let you know that we have one last momentum night. This is our free gathering and it's going to be November 10th. And it's going to be with the guests that we're going to have a conversation with in a moment, Jeremiah Johnson, I'll introduce him, Woo-hoo. but come to the Bay Area, come out and see our last yeah. one. There was so many it was healings. Uh, Jeremiah is really used in the prophetic course. Chris and I, we will be there to minister as well. Our momentum music worship team, they're going to be there leading us in worship. But we, in these events uh, that we have, these nights, we have extended worship. We have uh, the word where we just preach it unadulterated 
rated, no holes barred. And then we just go in in the altar. But you're going to get in with some rabid people. You're going to feel, as the young people say, you're going to feel the energy in the room. Obviously, that energy is the Holy Spirit's movement. And it, it is an atmosphere where all things are possible. But Jeremiah Johnson really flows in the prophetic and specifically dreams, which is the reason why we're going to have a conversation. So right now, wherever you're at, in fact, because it's our last one, just get a ticket. Come on out, join us. We're putting a call out all over California, all over NorCal, but even all over the nation. Get your plane ticket and join us. Yeah. And then you, you can hang over that weekend to see the beautiful Bay Area in San Francisco. But again, it's November 10th, Friday night, 7 p.m. It's going to be in Oakland, California. Information, again, is on our website, shawnachristus.com. It's at uh, 4292 Keller Avenue in Oakland, but it is going to be amazing. It really is. You know, I'm really excited about this conversation because we're really talk- we're talking about dreams today. And it's such a powerful way that God speaks to people. And Sean, you've had a really powerful dream. Yes, I have. I've had multiple powerful dreams. I just want to yeah. set it up first by saying, you know, I think the quintessential passage for me in the area of dreams, in addition to Joel 2, is Job 33, about 14 through 16. It says, God may speak in one way or, or another, yet a man does not receive. In dreams, vision of the night, when sound sleep falls upon men while they slumber on their beds, then God opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in their hearts. So Job, God is saying Job there that nighttime is a prime, if you will, avenue in which God speaks to people, probably because a lot of, sometimes when we're awake, our minds get in the way, our active, analytical, rational minds get in the way. But in a dream at night, uh, it's just kind of like you get that uh, rationalistic, intellectual thing out and it's just your spirit there. And of course, your spirit never sleeps. Your body slumbers, your brain goes into that place. But the Bible said, then he opens the ears of men and seals instructions in their heart. And so it's really interesting because when you're asleep, you don't think about hearing. So obviously God's talking about spiritual ears. So dreams land on spiritual ears and God seals instructions. So anyway, here's this dream. Some years ago, I had this dream and in this dream, I was in a car in passenger seat and the driver's seat was James Ryle. At that time, I did not know him. Uh, he was a powerful prophetic minister, pastored at that time, Boulder, Colorado, Boulder Vineyard. He also spoke at a lot of the Promise Keepers, a big men's movement. He was a pastor to coach Bill McCartney, who oversaw and founded uh, Promise Keepers, the move for men. And so I was in this dream. I had in the backdrop, I had read a book that he had written. It was originally entitled Hippo in the Garden. Weird title, I know. But he since it's been retitled A Dream Come True. And it was about dreams. And so I read this book because I had heard of him. I heard him speak and really liked him, like uh, just how sound he was in Bible and theology. And I honestly, at that time, I didn't give a lot of credence to dreams. I mean, I knew that God could speak through a dream. I just thought it was few and far between. And most of your dreams, you know, they were nonsensical. They'd make, you know, they just weren't concrete enough. And so in this dream I have, and it was one of those dreams that I didn't even know that I was dreaming until I woke up, felt so real that James arrives in the passenger seat and he was driving. We're just talking. And then he turns and the spirit of prophecy comes on him. And he turns to me and he says, spirit of the Lord says to you, Sean, that you're going to see a national outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, you're going to see a generation raised up that's armed and dangerous against the enemy that will dismantle powers and principality. Number three, and he prophesied this thing. So I came up out of the dream, Krista, and man, when I came out of dream, I grabbed my journal. I was writing this stuff down. Entry one, entry two, could not get entry three. So I asked people to pray. I called up intercessors. I gave time. I thought, okay, maybe I'm trying to think too hard. I just need to relax, pray in the spirit. Long story short, I, I kind of gave up. I didn't think I was going to get that third component. So I'm left with two out of the three components, but I knew the third component was important. So lo and behold, I find myself doing an outreach in Boulder, Colorado, which I made the connection for reading this book. Wait, that's where James Riles at. So because he written a book on dreams and he was in my dream, I thought, hey, if I could just get to him and talk to him, maybe it would somehow spur me to kind of re- a reminder of what happened. So 
So then I call the office and after much back and forth with the head secretary, because head secretaries, they're part pit bull. I get it. They don't want everybody to get to the man or woman of God. I get in his office. He had called me and said, come on in. And so I get in his office. I said, hey, James, thanks so much for making time. Your book really impacted my life. And he said, oh man, I appreciate that. Man, he was talking to me a little bit. And all of a sudden I said, hey, uh, Pastor James, I had this dream and he stops me. And he says, the spirit of the Lord says, you're going to see a national outpouring of the spirit. You're going to see a generation raise up as armed and dangerous against the enemy that will dismantle powers and principalities over cities and regions. And number three, you're going to see a new Jesus people movement in all its glory. So I fall back in the chair. I'm in the sitting chair, but I fall back. I'm just shaking. And so get this, right? If you're listening, he not only gave me the third component of my dream, he gave me all the dream. Then on, on in the moment, he gave me a scripture passage that had all three of those components together in one of the prophets. And I was just blown away. And I just thought the power of dreams and just how it connected. And so I am super excited because there's so many people that they say we dream every night, but some people say, man, I really want to grow in this area of receiving God dreams. Others of you, I think maybe there's been a place of attack and he's writing nightmares, weird dreams, dietary violation dreams, or dreams that haunt you in the past. But I think this aspect dreams is so important. You know, it really is. We see in scripture again and again, it's such a powerful way in which God speaks to be, speaks to people. Obviously warning dreams, prophetic dreams, dreams of insight, revelation. People wake up with strategy from dreams. They wake up with an insight they didn't have when they went to sleep. There's a knowing that you come out of with a dream. So I just, I love the conversation that you and Jeremiah are about to have that our Keep 100 tribe is going to be able to listen to because I think it, it challenges us to really pursue dreams in our life. It it awakens that desire. And I feel like there's also an impartation connected with this conversation. So I'm really excited for the Keep 100 tribe to listen in and really hear the power and the purpose of dreams. Keep 100 tribe, get ready for a powerful conversation with Jeremiah Johnson. Him and his wife, Morgan, are just an incredible couple. We love them. They have a ministry called Alter Global. There's a church there they run. Uh, they have online presence. They have training and equipping online. Um, they're just powerhouses, both of them in their own right. Jeremiah is a prolific author. He's written many, many books. Um, he has a lot of online teaching and he's an itinerant minister as well as sows into the local church. Really love what he carries for the nations and God uses them significantly in the area of prophecy and dreams. So get ready because it is going to be an incredible conversation. Hey, keep it 100 tribe. You are in for a treat. Uh, Chris and I love this guy. He's just a great friend. Uh, anytime we can get together with he and his wife, Morgan, we just love our time together. Uh, we have the mighty Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the Keeping 100 podcast, bro. Hey, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Can't wait to talk today. Hey, man. Tell us, man, just real quick, bro. You you, you were recently in an area in Ohio, man. What did God do? What happened? Yeah, we saw uh, 21 salvations on the Sunday. Uh, a lot of miracles came forth. Uh, just a strong prophetic flow. And uh, yeah, just continue to see God uh, save souls, preach that simple, pure gospel. Just so grateful for the love of God, uh, reconciling himself uh, to us through his son, Jesus, and just excited about what God's doing, man, in the earth. Come on, man. And now we have a connection intersection back in the day in Florida. Now, if I get this right, you correct me. You were a college student in Southeastern at the time. Hey, man, tell us about that because I love this and we got this kind of history. Yeah, man. I, uh, me and a group of uh, young guys were in a, a Bible study group in college. Uh, we were in uh, Bauer Hall and we were radicalized by this uh, guy named Sean Smith. And uh, we were uh, reading your book, uh, I Am Your Sign. And uh, I, I remember like watching uh, 
some, something online and it was like Sean Smith's coming to Lakeland. We're like, no way, he's coming to our town. So we got a little posse of us uh, freshman guys and went over to Ignited Church and heard you. And I'll never forget that night because God told me to give uh, my brand new shoes and watch away to this guy that came to the meeting. And I was just so inspired by your radical pursuit of evangelism and signs and wonders. And I just knew the Lord wanted me to just take take a leap of faith and love on this almost do that night. So, man, I just thank you for your poor Sean. And you've just been such a veteran in the kingdom of God. You're so humble. But thanks for uh, being a lifeline to a young guy like me. Amen. Absolutely, Jeremiah. Dude, sure love you. Hey, bro, one of the things that we love to do, man, is we love to get the different ministry guests that come on, bro. We love to get them to give us a little chit chat as far as their origin story, man. Give us something that God just did in your life or some way he rocked you, you first encountered or however you want to share, but share something about yourself in the area of the origin story, bro. Yeah. I I always tell people it sort of seems cliche when you look at Jeremiah chapter one Bible, but it's like, I feel like I've sort of lived that out. So I, I, um, you know, my mom had a dream when she was pregnant with me to name me Jeremiah. And she, you know, I grew up with these journal writings that she would show me where the Lord told her I'd be a prophet, that I'd travel the world and preach and write books and things. And But that the word was that Satan would try to kill me on multiple times in my life. And so fast forward, I'm born dead in the hospital. The cord is wrapped around my neck three times. And I was known as a miracle baby in the hospital. The doctors, he was a Jewish doctor from Israel, um, radically just stepped in, saved me. She was hemorrhaging saved her. And I just, my parents like knew that there was something special on my life, but that Satan was kind of, you know, already at the onslaught, you know, that Jeremiah one, I I knew you, I formed you in your mother's womb, but I started receiving prophetic dreams around seven years old, you know, the, from the earliest time I can remember. So when people ask me about my origin story, I kind of feel like it started in the womb. Like, I don't know that I really had a choice or something. God chose me, but he really began to encounter me at a really young age. And it was his voice and the experiences that I had that really kept me as a young man, really close to the Lord. Man, that is crazy. I mean, your mom had this dream, those kind of things. And man, you're fulfilling that. I mean, the very things your mom dreamt, uh, you're walking in that. And and you know, it's so important because I, I just think, you know, dreams are one of those things. I remember the certain point and I was saving a spirit-filled ministry, went to a Pentecostal church, but there just wasn't a lot of credence given to dreams. I think we just kind of felt like that was shaky territory. And uh, man, I, I got a hold of a book back in the day. It's since been renamed, but it was called Hippo in the Garden by uh, James Ryle. And I think it's called A Dream Come True or something like that since that time. But he just laid out, you know, just how God used dreams. And when I opened myself up, I just began to see uh, so many uh, ways in which God spoke to people in dreams. How did God start giving you dreams? Obviously, you got that at seven, but how, how did it become? 
become more of a mainstay or staple in your in your walk? Yeah, you know, I tell people I was really blessed to grow up in a charismatic pastor's home. So my dad pastored a large church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I, I remember vividly around nine years old, my dad would wake up early and, you know, shave in his undies and, you know, on Sunday mornings, get ready for the service. And I would walk in having a dream. And I remember one particular, he would always ask me, Jeremiah, what did you dream at night? He'd set me up on the on the counter while he shaved and he'd say, what did you dream last night? And I said, dad, I saw this woman named Deborah. She had blonde hair. She had a back injury and God wants to heal her. And he was like, okay, well, let's look for her at service that Sunday. And sure enough, a woman with that same name, same description, back injury, walks into church. My dad gives me the microphone. He's like, hey, you know, start praying for her. And man, the power of God hit her that day. And it just be, you know, it began like as a trickle early on. And my dad really made room for it. You know, I, I do a lot of teachings for parents with prophetic kids, because I think sometimes it's important for parents to normalize the supernatural, especially to your kids. Don't make them feel weird. Don't ignore them. You've got to talk to them. And, you know, Sean, you know, I have a daughter that's 11 years old. She's been dreaming prophetically now since she was around seven. And so I then even have used like the ways that my dad and my mom helped to steward the gifts that God had given me at a young age. I do the same thing with my daughter. So it's like from generation to generation, but two things that helped me to steward them as they increase, because I'm thinking about this one, I started sleeping with a tape recorder next to my bed around nine years old. I really felt like the Lord was saying, I want you to steward these things. So wow. I would sleep sleep with a, sta- a, a, a tape recorder and in the middle of the night or in the morning, I'd wake up and I would speak out everything that I could. I, I heard everything that I saw just for a, a sake of accountability. And over time, I began to develop almost total recall. A lot of people that hear my dreams now, they're always like, wow, how did you remember that in detail? And I would say, well, that's like 10 years of sleeping with the tape recorder, writing all of this stuff down and just working through the dream. So that was big. And then secondly, the Lord was really big about what I watched. Uh, I I made a a vow to the Lord not to watch horror movies, rated R movies. He was big about the eye gates, the ear gates, like really making sure even as a teenager, a young adult, that I really kept my filter clear and clean so that when the Lord would visit me at night, it was coming from a pure place. So I think just that tape recorder, I think that, you know, the, um, you know, stewarding of the eye gates, the, the imagination was huge. And then sort of like you, I got handed this book by James Gall on dreams. And I would be like, I don't even know what this stuff is. A lot of my dreams are literal, but James Gall, his book on dreams really gave me language to what I was seeing. Man, you know, and, and obviously there's so many great passages in scripture, but you could just see so many examples where God gave dreams to kings. He gave dreams uh, to prophets. He gave dreams to different patriarchs and people. And I mean, they, they were warning dreams. Uh, they were dreams of what was to come. They were communication of God, revelation of, of the Messiah. I mean, it's, it's Bible's replete with dreams and revelations in that area. And, and man, I think that's just so awesome because I think most kids do dream. And to your point, Jeremiah, I think many times we shut that down and it's sad. We just think, oh man, come on, get out of that fantasy world. You know, when they're very young, I think we're a little more patient with them. But as they get old, it's kind of like, hey, uh, come to reality, come to reality, not knowing that, no, they, they are in 
in God's reality and we're limiting ourselves to, you know, carnal or fleshly or earthly reality. And I love that you're, you're discipling your daughters, your parents did you. That's, that's just so key, man. What, what, Jeremiah, let me ask you another question. What are some of the standout dreams that God has given you, man? And you just go because I know you've had some incredible man. dreams. And I'll just throw this out there. I think one of the things that also makes you somewhat unique, and there are many things, is that you said that you get literal dreams. You'll get headlines. You'll see specific uh, people and places. I think many people, their dreams, and I'm sure you, you have some of these as well, they're, they're allegorical, they're metaphors. You have to learn kind of dream symbols and how God speaks to you like cars and dreams uh, represents ministry for me. When I'm in a car of someone, uh, it's usually life and ministry combined. And so anyway, what are some of the more profound standout dreams, bro, that you've had? Yeah. You know, I, I think that the, the dreams, like I tell people, I, I've never like prayed like, oh God, give me a dream. You know, they just come, you know, I typically dream in cycles of three to five a night. Um, and so literally every time I, I go to sleep, I'm dreaming about someone or something, or I'm in Taiwan and I'm on like a, you know, a, 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 a missions, uh, prayer assignment kind of thing. So it's just kind of like a wild, kind of a wild world. I mean, I, I've had a lot of dreams of uh, specifically seeing people by name that I did not know before the dream. And I would know certain details about their life. Um, you know, I, I'm recalling one right now where um, I had a dream where I met a man named Tom. He was in the middle of bankruptcy and the Lord wanted me to tell him that he was going to become a millionaire one day if he would faithfully pursue the Lord during his wilderness season. And I'll never forget, like, and this was when I was like 19 years old, still in college when I started getting radicalized by this guy named Sean Smith. But so I remember like going to this meeting and the guy sits right down next to me and he has a name tag on and it's Tom. And I'm like, holy cow, this stuff is real. You know, because even like as a recipient of dreams, you're still like, wow, this is crazy. Like I just dreamed the night before. And, you know, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, okay, well, this is either going to be right on the money or this is going to be off. But I just said, hey, man, you know, anything happening in your life right now? You need prayer for anything? He's like, yeah, I'm in the middle of a bankruptcy. And I'm this is this is my dude right here. And so I said, well, man, I just have a a word from the Lord for you that you're going to become a millionaire one day and that if you'll obey the Lord and stay close to him in this wilderness season, this trial, he's going to bless you. And honestly, I think, you know, it's hard to go off of just people's looks, but I mean, I'm pretty sure this guy was like, this, this kid is crazy. But he ended up contacting me seven years later to the day. And, you know, sometimes scripturally people are in a wilderness or they're in a season of sevens. And seven years later, this guy contacted me and said that he had gone through this bankruptcy, this foreclosure, this awful thing with business partner. And seven years to the day, he had just grossed over $4 million that my and I could just, you know, fill the airwaves with a lot of stories like that. But to me, it's just, you know, walking every day, knowing God has a heart, a plan for uh, his people and wants to bring comfort and encouragement. I've also had a lot of dreams that I'm probably more well known for than like everyday dreams for people where I've had several dreams about America, the Middle East, um, different political leaders that people uh, have heard different dreams. I mean, I've dreamed kind of everything from, you know, who is going to win the World Series. 
series one year and that happened. And actually it was a, that particular year, it was a sign. The Lord told me that the Los Angeles Dodgers would win the world series in 2020 as a sign that he wasn't done with California and that he was going to send a spirit of revival there. So, when that ended up, you know, and it's not like they're in the world series and he's telling me that I'm talking like before the season kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think of, of maybe something else that, that might be meaningful, you know, probably this maybe just, you know, shifting gears a little bit. But when I was about 25 years old and I began to travel more preaching, I've been planning churches the last 15 years. But when I started traveling and preaching, I would have these really, um, really bizarre experiences, Sean, where I would get invited to a city and, you know, I would pray and ask the Lord, you know, what do you want me to share at said church? But that very first night I would sleep in that city, I would be encountered in my dream by a principality and power. And I was telling James Gall on his broadcast the other day, I could literally map for people all the different principalities and powers I have encountered just in the United States. You know, I remember being in Dayton, Ohio and being confronted by a Freemason principality that Whoa. ruled over that region. And I, I, I in Canada in 2015, I, I had, I went three nights in a row without sleep wrestling a principality named Ishmael over Canada, wanting to abort the purposes of God for the nation. So I dreamed a lot growing up, personal things, but around 25, I'll I'll be 36 this year. Over the last 10 years, there's been a realm of warfare and I know that I'm there to expose the plans of the enemy to the church leaders on the ground. And the Lord will give me a message of, of, of how he, you know, he shows us the problem to bring the solution. So I'll say, hey, the Lord, I've, it's been revealed to me, you're dealing with this demonic issue over this region, but then the Lord would give me strategy. So my message that night would be, hey, I had a dream. And honestly, as people hear this stuff, a lot of people invite me into their church or into their country because they're like, hey, what's this dude going to tell us? Like, what did, what did the Lord show him about what's going on? So it, it's been a wild ride, but I've never one time like asked the Lord, oh God, show me the devil in this region. It's just like I go to sleep and boom, it, it opens up. Man, hey, I just want to jump in. Keep 100 Tribe, everyone listening. We're going to have Jeremiah Johnson here on the West Coast in the Bay Area, specifically Oakland, California, 4292 Keller Avenue in Oakland. We're going to have him November 10th. We are, Chris and I host monthly gatherings called Momentum Nights. And we're going to have Jeremiah. We're super excited to have him in. He's had a, multiple dreams, but he's had one specifically about our region. But it's just going to be a night of the prophetic. So again, you need to get out November 10th in Oakland, California. And if you have any questions, you could just go to our website, uh, seananchristasmith.com, and there'll be more on that. You know, it's funny when, you, when you're talking about this area of dreams, and I think it's so profound is that a lot of times, you know, when it comes to the prophetic, uh, we have a lens on when we're, you know, in a conscious state where we are woke, woke, not as in the <laughs> modern terminology of woke, but meaning not sleep, not in a nocturnal state. Uh, we can kind of hear things through filters somewhat. And so it can somewhat be biased. But the one thing that I know about dreams, and I've had dreams, not, not anywhere near the number you have, but I have dreams. And when I'm, when I'm asleep, there's no bias. There's no lens. There's no filter. It's just that direct download of heaven. And, and it's, it's weird that we get to the point where we think dreams are flimsy and 
that they can't really be reliable or trusted. But yet uh, it's one of those things that when God couldn't get different people's attention any other way, or maybe sometimes he could, but it was the most profound way. And, I, and I'll throw this in, Jeremiah. I really think that we're seeing it, but we, we've not anywhere near scratched the surface. We hear of different uh, groups uh, and unreached people groups or different people in Africa or the Middle East, and they'll have dreams. Entire tribes will have dreams. Jesus will come to them in a dream and uh, they'll get saved. And then, you know, maybe miss- missionaries or Christians will come in after the fact, find out, whoa, who told you guys about Jesus? We dreamt this. I think as it relates right now to a lot of influential, whether it's politicians, celebrities, musical actors, uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, I think that they're going to come some Daniels that will interpret their dreams. And man, nothing gets your attention. Obviously, Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar and actually multiple kings. Nothing gets your attention like when someone comes in and, and interprets someone's dream. Have, have you ever been in a position where your dreams have uh, led to a kind of a redemptive net that saw people come to know the Lord or come back to the Lord or anything along those lines, Jeremiah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I, I all over it, man. I, I believe that what you're saying, man, we're, we are living in days where there's going to be an ever-increasing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's the Joel 2, Acts 2, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions on your sons and daughters. They will prophesy. And there's going to be an unprecedented outpouring of dreams and visions that's going to fall on this generation that is going to uh, awaken um, people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's going to expose the plans of the enemy. Just as you're talking, I mean, I, I, I'm remembering a time where I'd had a dream. I was on my way up to Canada uh, to minister in Edmonton, and I'd had a dream uh, of a young lady, and she was, it, the dream was simple. She was possessed by the devil, and in the dream, I was casting demons out of her. I fly up to Edmonton, and we're in the first night of the revival meetings, and sure enough, I preach the word. We have an altar call. A girl comes up. She matches the description. She, she I didn't even wait for her to ask for prayer. I just, and I said, in the name of Jesus, she hit the floor and started slithering around like a snake. I got down on the ground with her, asked the pastor's wife to help me pray. She gets radically free. And in that meeting, the Holy Spirit really started. It, it was it was an un... It ended up being, I for the next six months, I would go up one, uh, one weekend a month. We kind of stewarded like a six-month outpouring. One weekend a month, I told the Lord, as long as there were salvations and miracles happening, I come. But it was one of these things, Sean, where like a group would get saved and then go back to their apartment, order Papa John's pizza. The Papa John's pizza guy shows up and then gets blasted by the Holy (laughs) Spirit. The group leads him to the Lord. And then the next night he comes with his friends. Okay. This kind of Jesus. So the second month, this, this is going somewhere, but the second month I get off the plane and the pastor picks me up and he's like, you'll never believe this. You remember that young lady that you cast the demons out of her father is a high ranking government official in Canada. And he's invited us to his mansion and we're going there right now. So oh my goodness. This, this pastor is so nervous. He doesn't know what to think. So we go to this mansion, the whole family's there and the girl is telling the story of her deliverance. And Sean, I'll never forget it, man. God is so kind just to key us in on, on signs and he's winking at us. They serve the meal for dinner and it's lamb. Oh. And I immediately knew as soon as, as soon as the lamb was served that the Holy Spirit was going to break out 
right in that mansion in Canada. And sure enough, it was one of those you and your whole household shall be saved. But it was all you just link it back to it's like the woman at the well. Jesus has a word of knowledge that leads to the whole town being saved. He just gave me a simple dream of casting demons out of a particular girl. I go to Canada. She's at the meeting, the Holy Spirit, and then the next month. So I, I believe it, man. I, I believe people are walking, they're listening today and the Holy Spirit is just bubbling up. I just see like fountains in the spirit, like people just, something's Ooh. bubbling up and the Lord is using this conversation to fan the flame. I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to fan the flames of this generation and you're going to go from a flame to a wild fire. There's going to be a wild fire of end time dreams and visions. And the Lord says, you're not even going to have to wait very long for these to come to pass. It will be moments and days and, and short months where you'll see the manifestation of what you're seeing in the night season. Man, you know, as you're, as you're sharing, Jeremiah, I feel such an anointing. I feel an impartation. I feel a desire and a hunger. I remember years ago, I'd read the final quest by Rick Joyner. I think a lot, a lot of it came in a dream to him and others, I'm sure just uh, moments of getting alone with the Lord. So I was out there and I was at this conference and uh, I had developed a relationship with Mike Bickle. So Mike Bickle invited me to the back. So it was like Mike Bickle. It was like uh, Jack Deere. It was Paul Kane. It was Bob Jones. Uh, it was, uh, uh, man, so many different people. Paul Keith Davis, I think it was. Yeah, Bobby Connor. All these guys are back there. So anyway, obviously it was it was at uh, Rick Joyner's ministry. And so I had I'd read that book and just was so impacted. And so I just said to him, I said, hey, Rick, uh, uh, you know, and I'd been around him a little bit. He knew that I was there hanging with Mike. He says, I, I just said, hey, would you just pray that God would give me dreams? And so he uh, laid hands on me. The power of God just rocked me. I, I think I, I fell back in a chair. 30 straight days, bro, I had these dreams that were just like living color. They were like vivid. They were uh, something I could recall completely. And uh, it, it, we dream every single night. I mean, they, scientists and even that community verifies that we don't always remember them. And uh, there's even a scripture, I think, that can kind of help us as it relates to that. But I, I really believe there's such an impartation in the area of dreams. And I just feel like people are listening. They're going to just receive more in the area of their dream life. You know, you and I both, and, and, and I so respect you for this. You are a word man, meaning that you're a man that foundation of scripture, your value of the word, obviously the living word, Jesus, the written word, the logos, the graphic. Uh, what, what biblically, uh, Jeremiah, what, what does the Bible say about dreams? Something you can help our listeners with. Yeah. I mean, I think you've hit on it earlier. It's actually surprised me how many people don't believe in dreams. You know, they're like, well, where's that in the Bible? I'm like, it's everywhere in the Bible. Um, dreams, <laughs> right? dreams have been used all throughout uh, the scriptures. I mean, you, you mentioned, I mean, you know, think about Jacob, you know, he's at, you know, surely God is in this place. And I did know it. And he has a, a dream right there. He builds an altar to the Lord in the book of Genesis. You know, you have God encountering Abraham, you know, he uses Daniel, Joseph, um, you know, even uh, one of my favorite, you know, prophets, John the Baptist, you know, he, it's a whole encounter with an angel, a dream. So, you know, I, I just, to me, for those today, to me, it's the inheritance of a new covenant believer in the last days. God says, I'll pour out my spirit. There'll be dreams and visions of prophetic spirit. So to me, it's just that we can teach it. I do believe I read my Bible every day, love the word of God, but some people just need to catch uh, the impartation of dreams.
dreams and visions. And that's what God is doing today. You know, when you get around dreamers, uh, Sean, one of the things that I found interesting is people will come stay at my house that have never dreamed before. And they'll spend one night in my house and they'll dream like never before. Something will open up to them. People partner with our ministry. They come to our church, never dreamed before. Boom. It just opens up because they're oh, they're they're connected to a prophetic well, a dream well. And I, I do believe it's not weird or, you know, not abusing the gifts, but there there is an impartation and there is a catching of dreams and visions, uh, definitely in the word of God. It's all throughout the scriptures, but I do believe in the the modern day impartation of dreams and visions. I love what you said in Joel. Joel says, as you said, Joel too, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters of prophecy, old men dream dreams, young men see visions. And you know, I'm also reminded Jeremiah, one of my favorite is in uh, Job 33. It says, while men, essentially I'm paraphrasing about one, but while men lay upon their beds, God seals instructions in the heart. And I love it. it begins by saying God may speak in one way or another, yet a man does not perceive it. But while men lay upon their beds, God seals instructions. And I just begin to think that realm, that dream realm, when God begins to open up that realm, there, there are instructions that get sealed in the heart. And so sometimes I say, you, you may not even know you had the dream, but you're, you're still fulfilling the, the instructions that were sealed in your heart. It's like God downloaded software. You know, a lot of times it'll come up and it's, you're, you can't access certain, you know, your iPhone or whatever it says. It's uploading. It's, you know, getting a new software system. Uh, I, I really feel like we get these downloads and we may not know it, or we do know we have a dream. We don't really know all parts of the dream. We may not have a full interpretation, but God is still able to use that. And so I think it's, you know, you you get some people and, and we're well, well aware of them. You've been the recipient of it uh, more than I have. I've been a recipient of it. I know my wife, Krista, is a little bit more as a woman preacher, but you get these jokers, bless their heart, they'll get on and they'll just, they're sensationists. So they don't believe God speaks today. So uh, of course, they're going to take distinction uh, and difference with God speaking with dreams. But it's, it's really crazy if you look at the totality of scriptures, there's no way you can deny, but really gets to this. It's like, hold on, fellas, we're talking about God Almighty. He could communicate whichever way he wants. And so it's not prideful or not error to think that we should receive dreams when God, first of all, says it. Second of all, he's God and he could communicate in so many different ways. And how many times, even in the, in the world, people apart don't know God that have had dreams that have been significant. I, I remember reading about George Washington Carver, who actually happens to be a believer, but one of the most prolific inventors and scientists, African-American guy. And like, I think he discovered like a hundred different things to do with a peanut, but his, his breakthrough discoveries came in dreams. And I just think, man, you know, that, that's just so incredible. And think about, hey, if the dreams didn't come, I mean, who was it that, I mean, there were a couple of different people. I know the Magi, they had dreams and it really impacted the fact that they didn't go back and tell Herod they had found the Messiah. I think it was uh, one of the king's wives says, I had a dream last night. I was troubled. Don't don't mess with this guy, Jesus. And, and you just see that over and over again. Uh, Jeremiah, what are some of the things that God is speaking? 
mean to you in this season? Yeah, you know, I had had a dream at the end of 2022 concerning 2023. Lord was talking to me out of Matthew 23. The Lord showed me the city gates uh, of many cities all over America and the world. And the Lord said to me in 2023, there's going to be a clash at the gates. And the clash at the gates of cities is going to be concerning the spirit of revival and the spirit of religion, the religious spirit. And I would say, you know, as I have been traveling around this year in 2023, I'm carrying such a a seasonal burden from uh, the Lord Jesus Christ regarding the need to confront and dismantle religious systems and traditions of men. And, you know, it's a tough passage there, Matthew 23. For 2023, this is where Jesus pronounces eight woes over the Pharisees and religious leaders. And if you look in the Greek there, I think at the heart of what Jesus is saying is he's saying, I'm done with your hypocrisy. I'm done with your showboating. I'm, I'm done with your performance. You know, your lips are, are worshiping me, but your heart is far from me. And I just, God is drawing the church into such, a, such an authentic uh, expression of Christianity. We're living in a generation that is tired of the games, tired of the hypocrisy, the double-mindedness. And God is just uh, stirring up a spirit of revival. You know, as you know, it's just, I love revival. I love the the constant invitation from the Lord for, for more. And to me, it's not some like, I'm never going to make it. I'm just like a, one of God's kids. And he's saying, hey, I've got more gifts and more presence available. And if you'll just pursue me and trust my heart, I want to give you everything that I've got. And I've just said yes to that pursuit. Um, but I just, I know that there's, there's religious strongholds. It's to me, um, if I could characterize the religious spirit, the religious spirit has a form of godliness, but denies the power of God. Uh, the religious spirit is the author of cessationism. And I do believe it's a doctrine of demons that says the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. So the religious spirit, I tell people the devil is okay uh, with you attending church, just as long as you don't take the gospel into work on Monday. To me, that's a form of godliness, but denying the power. You know, the religious spirit is fine with you tithing just as long as you don't get generous and start giving all your money away. So there's just that all in, go go in for revival, but know that this religious, just status quo, doing enough that you can to get by, God is trying to, to overrule that and trying to override that and challenge a generation that if ever there was a time to just go all in for Jesus, man, it's it's right now. Man, I love that. And that passage you're referring to in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you know, says uh, they uh, have a form of godliness, but would deny the power thereof. Obviously, the word their power is a form of the word dunamis, dynamite, explosive, miracle working power. We would know it. Signs and wonders. We would know it as a demonstration of, of, of heaven on earth, revival, lifestyle, all of the above. The word there deny is several shades of meanings. But one thing that, that jumped out as I was studying that one time, it means to act entirely unlike. So it's saying there are people that they would look like Christianity. It would be nominal, right? When it's meant to be phenomenal. But the word they're denying means to act entirely. In other words, they would have a form of godly, but they would act entirely unlike the power spirit filled. 
filled, uh, authentic Christianity that's heartfelt. And so as I begin to think, if you're acting entirely unlike dunamis for all intensive purposes, you know, what he's saying is that there's going to be a domesticated Christianity. And I, I agree with you. I, I think the worst spirit, I mean, I know as a church, we can point at a lot of different spirits that have manifested this hour and a, any spirit other than the Holy Spirit is wrong and it is a threat. But I think we've looked over and you're nailing it. The greatest threat in this hour is the religious spirit. Uh, it, it is this weird, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, my generation, all of us that got our vaccinations back in the day, for some reason, I don't know why, you, you look like you got an old Civil War musket gas wound on your arm. There's this like circle and it's just like, I guess it's just where they administered the shots and just right after me. I mean, like like within uh, just a little bit of time, you know, my wife's age, it, her inoculation looks different. But when they inoculate you, they give you a near, for all intents and purposes, they give you a near dead inert version of the actual disease. So when the real disease comes around, you've developed an immunity. And I believe the spirit of religion gives you a near dead inert version of what revival, authentic book of Acts Christianity ought to be. So when the real thing comes, you feel you already got it. You don't need to be. And and what worse spirit is there? There's That's the only spirit that's been able to unplug revivals. It's the only spirit that could sit up in church and shout amen with no intention of implementing what they just verbally came in agreement with. And yet it deceives people into thinking they got the real thing when in fact, no, you're, you're dead man's bones on the inside. You travel our land to see, to make a single convert, only make them the twice as much as son of hell as you are. That's what Jesus said about them. And I love to tell the lost that are turned off on religion. I say, hey, bro, listen to me. You back up far enough away from religion, you're going to end up in the lap of Jesus. Nobody had worse words to say about the religious. And, and here's the thing of religion, bro. And we know this, right? We, whether it's in my life or anybody's life, when we have the religious lens on, the religious never think they're religious. They think someone else is religious. Like Pharisees don't see Pharisaicalism as an issue or problem. And man, I mean, this is a bonus question and then we'll, we'll, we'll ask you one final one. Man, what, what do you think is the antidote, the solution? How do we break and identify this, obviously the prophetic uh, religious spirit? Because dude, I really think you do have this John the Baptist thing on you to go after it. What, what do you prescribe? What, what do you feel like? What's, what's the way to deal and combat this spirit? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that the, the enemy of the religious spirit is the Holy Spirit. So, you know, to me, the, the antidote is we live the spirit filled life. You know, that religious spirit, it's, it's predictable. It thrives on control, on formality, on schedule. So to me, you know, the antidote is, you know, let, let's have some services where there's not a time clock driving us out and the Holy Ghost. You know, let's, let's just make room for the Holy Spirit, not just at church, but in our daily lives. You know, let's wait on him. And, you know, I, I try to encourage moms, hey, you're at the grocery store. It's okay to ask the Holy Spirit. I, I say prophecy begins by loving people enough to ask God questions about them. And so, hey, you're you're driving your little cart, getting groceries. You got a baby strapped. Hey, Holy Spirit, what about this person? What about that person? And you're just allowing Holy Spirit to break in out of the routine, out of the formality. So, man, I just say go go with Holy Ghost, go with that flow. You know, ask Him to help you be more spontaneous 
spontaneous, more off the cuff, you know, that, that, that dry, that scares the religious spirit because it can't predict what's going to happen next. And, you know, I think they, they say it, faith is spelled risk. I mean, it, it, and it's so much, and, it, and it's joyful. You know, I, I think there's a lack of joy. That's to me, one of the main signs that the religious spirit is at work in our lives or in a church is there's very little joy. There's very little supernatural overflowing. We love you, Lord, and we can't wait to see what happens next. That That's where I want to be. Oh, I love that, bro. And, and you know what I love too, man, is I think religious spirits have spoken out too much. And I think that the, we've allowed the religious voices, whether they're on YouTube or whether they're on the mic or whether they're on the airwaves or whether they're in front of you in the pulpit we've, or Instagram or TikTok, we've allowed religious spirits to speak so much. And it's time now for the revelatory voices, not the religious voice, the revelatory voices to come because I'm, I'm with you. I think the real uh, antithesis, the opposite end of that is with all intents and purposes, if you're going to deal with a religious spirit, you got to have a revelatory heart, man. I think that's so profound. Hey, Jeremiah, what are some of the resources and products? I know you got a school. Uh, how can we, what are your socials? How can we stay in contact with you? I know there's some people listening, uh, not only in this nation, but quite a few nations, and they would love to get a hold of the stuff you got. Give, give us uh, unmitigated, uh, unabashed, just promo, right? Just tell us how we can stay in touch with you, bro. Yeah, yeah. I lead a, a movement called the Alter Global. And as you mentioned, we have a real mandate to prepare the earth as the second coming of Christ. I feel that John the Baptist, just as he raised him up for the first coming, he's raising up a new generation of John the Baptist to prepare the earth for the second coming. So we have an altar school, a school of discipleship where we raise up messengers in every sphere of society, lawyers, doctors, business people. So you can check that out, thealteredglobal.com. I've also uh, written 14 books so far. My most recent one, The Warrior Bride, just came out uh, conquering the five demonic strategies Satan is waging against the end time church. It's all from a dream that I had. A lot of the stuff that I write or preach is all from dreams. I had an amazing dream about an end time warrior bride, a, a woman in a white dress with commando boots on representing the church that God is preparing. So check out our movement, the altar global on social media, or if you just want to check, you know, Jeremiah Johnson, it's jeremiahjohnson.tv or on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We do Monday night streams every Monday. It's just Jeremiah Johnson. Hey, Jeremiah, seriously, bro. Uh, there's no one I would rather get on to talk about the subject you got. You just spoke uh, on. I'm so excited that we're going to have you, man. November 10th, you had a, a dream. Uh, you reached out to me and I told you, I said, hey, man, we want to bring you out to the Bay. So you say, hey, man, I had a dream about the Bay. And so we connected. It worked out. I think that's God. So, bro, man, I sure love you, dude. I love your heart. My yeah, man, I can't wait to be with you guys. It's going to be a great time. And thank you for your friendship and thank you for being a voice to the nations and uh, help Helping a, helping a young guy like me, man, even in college, man, say yes to revival. I'm, I'm all in. Hey, you're kind, bro. Give our love to Morgan. Sure. Love you, bro. Will do. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. I mean, okay. He. What I love is you really get provoked and challenged of wanting to be by God in the area of dreams, right? And understanding the power that while you sleep, God is speaking to your spirit and you're waking up revelation and insight. It's provoking. 
it's challenging. And I just love the way the Lord's using Jeremiah in this hour. And I love that on November 10th, he's had a dream and a word from the Lord in the Bay. So I'm so excited that we get an impartation here in the Bay of what this man of God carries. 100%. I feel like everyone, each of us, let's just expect for more dreams to come from God, for God to seal instruction in our hearts, for God to get prophetic dreams that will just literally launch destiny's purpose, bring in harvest, release healing, give us strategy, give us favors. Lord, raise up those Daniels that will interpret male and female and just have these positions of influence. And I really feel like those who can interpret dreams of the next generation will win generations. So I feel like that Daniel anointing is going to really, we're going to see it proliferate and I believe rise on many, many, many people in many, many, many lives. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out, share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, thanks so much for listening and joining us this week. Make sure to tune in to our next episode. Please tell somebody about this. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation changes you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it